0: Yes! Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Robcast. This is episode 319, and let's call this one Letting Them Have Their Trip. I I am quite fond of this word trip. We're going to need to explore this word trip in greater detail in a minute. not, Not the last episode, but the episode before this episode. That episode was with almond milk. And I told you about my recent experience having coffee for the first time. These magic beans and the alchemy with water that produces this experience. What? Where? What? What have I been doing with my life? What I wasn't prepared for was the outpouring of love and joy and friends of mine calling and texting and emailing me to tell me, and this is the language a lot of people use, Rob, now here's how I do my coffee. <laughs> I, I have been initiated into a club I had previously not even really known and existed, kind of a bit on the periphery. My friend Jeff, shout out to Jeff, he sent me a picture <laughs> of his kitchen counter and said, this is a picture of my coffee situation. <laughs> Apparently, he has a coffee situation, which involves, wait for it, a pour over. He does pour, are you ready for this pour over? That's like another ninja level that you go, it's like a glass flask and all that. Whoa. But then my friend Jill from London, shout out to Jill, she sends me a text, and I will read the text word for word, just for you to feel the Shakespearean level of eloquence in this text. She sends me that podcast, period. Brilliant, period. My coffee of choice goes like this, dash. Skinny, single shot, extra hot, wet latte. <laughs> wet latte? Excuse me? With four exclamation points. Skinny, single shot, extra hot, wet latte, four exclamation points. Next sentence. It makes the coffee police weep, but I love it. <laughs> I know. How fantastic is that? I text back, wet latte with like six exclamation points. I will laugh all day at that. Then later she texts back, I think you friends across the pond say no foam <laughs> with the laughing till you're crying emoji attached to it. Two of them. <laughs> oh my God, no foam. Yes, yes, I do believe that there was a vote in America at some point. And somebody somewhere said, okay, here are your two options going forward. Do we want to go with wet latte or do we want to go with no foam? And I think it's clear how we, the people, voted. <laughs> oh. Oh, what a gift. You people and your coffee, your situations and your wet lattes, no foam. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, uh, I'm a couple weeks away from going to Oklahoma and Texas. We had tour dates for last fall that got moved because of the Delta variant. So I'll be in Oklahoma City, 26th and 27th, Austin, Texas, of this month, February, and then 28th, Dallas, Texas, at the Majestic. And it's all new. Everything is spiritual tour. And um, yeah, I just... It's so fun to see you people. It's just... Oh, man, oh, man. It does my heart good as my mother... Often says. And also, while we're at it, um, then in July, it's the European leg of the Everything is Spiritual tour. So I will be uh, June 30th, Amsterdam, then July 2nd, Oslo, then Stockholm, Copenhagen, Berlin. All my German friends, I am coming your way. The time has come. Well, it's almost come. Then uh, Bristol. Glasgow, Belfast, Dublin, Brighton, London, and I'll finish the European-UK leg in Manchester. And then Sydney and Melbourne. Australia will be in October. So all you people in all those places, all tickets, info, etc. cetera, um, especially these places I haven't been. Amsterdam, I haven't done tour there. Um, Stockholm, I've been to Norway, but not Oslo. Whew. And then obviously Berlin. I mean, oh my goodness. So that's all coming in the next few months. And, uh, you know, it's always more fun when you're there, let's be honest. And then um, in other news, we just recently, uh, I just recently released a new audiobook. I wanted to give you uh, new ways to think about, understand, and handle money um, because there's this ancient tradition, wisdom tradition surrounding money. And I hadn't noticed anybody, I'm sure somebody somewhere talks about this, but I just hadn't noticed anybody talking um, about this ancient tradition because it had been so helpful for me, for us here. So uh, my new audiobook is called Grabbin' the Bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I explained the title and why it's so significant to me. Um, "Grabbing the Bag, A Few Thoughts on Money. It's a three-hour audiobook, and you can get that Um At my site as well. And I was really struck with a friend of mine just called, and he said that he and his wife had listened to it. And he said, We have like, he said it gave us language, which was exactly what I wanted to do with this new ways to even talk about it with the people around you kids, business partners, partners, partners. So um, there you go. There's all that. And uh, now, this episode, letting them have their trip. Uh, This is, in some ways, flows out of the last episode. The last episode was about forgiving people, forgiving everybody for everything all the time. That process, we're sort of always in. So, setting someone free and then finding out that it's you and how there are these truths, these practices uh, that we're sort of always in, right? Like, forgiving people... It's, we're sort of always doing this. It's, it's it's something you learn, something you get better at, but it's not like you leave it behind. It's it's like it's you're, these are muscles we're constantly using. A bit a bit like breathing. There's another way to set people free, less about forgiveness and more um, about letting people have their own trip. And I want to explore. This is what I got for you in this episode. I want to give you a couple ways of thinking about this. Uh, about setting people free so that they can have their trip. I like this word trip. The word path is a good one. Journey, that's a good one. That's a popular, you hear that all the time. I like this word trip because it implies twists and turns. It also leaves lots of room for the surreal and the absurd. <laughs> uh Perhaps you have observed people around you who have responded to the events of the past two years in ways that continue to baffle you. Perhaps you have had people you were once close to, you have heard them, you have interacted with them recently and just thought, what are you talking about? What happened to you? How did this thing we all go through, how did it bring this out of you? Why in the world did you respond that way? Or as our British friends would say, what are you on about? Even... Even the most simple, well, complex fact in the past two years, 900,000 people have died here in America from this virus. 5.7 million people worldwide. And yet lots of people kind of act like nothing's happened, right? If you've there's, you're like, what? What would it take? So in this episode, less about the events of the two years, I want to explore with you that that heaviness that comes when we try to get people somewhere, when we try to make them see something, when we just keep hammering away, trying to somehow open them up, convince them, coax them, friends, relatives, neighbors, people you used to be close with, all the people who make you tense up, all anxious, and find yourself asking, why don't they get it? Why don't they see? Or in other words, and I'm smiling and already laughing as I say this, why aren't they as enlightened as I am? (laughs) Because I'm already making fun of us at that, right? But that's often how it can arise within us. All the people who we ever so subtly, it's almost like it sneaks in the back door, come to believe that they are our responsibility, to bring them along, convince them, make them get it, although we can't really name what do we mean by it, right? I was, uh, boy, this is at least, what was this, eight years ago? I did this event. At the first pause to see if anybody had any questions, this woman in the front row sticks her hand up and then she just starts talking and she just goes for it. She's like, Rob Bell, I don't understand why everybody doesn't see that love wins. I mean, obviously love wins. It's just so clear and so obvious. Why can't people see that? She said, I buy that book of yours and I give it to people. I stick it in their face and I say to them, here, you need to see that love wins. She says, there are people who I have bought multiple copies of your book, Love Wins For, and give it to them. And I give it to them and they won't read it and they don't get it. How come they can't see that love wins? And when she came up for air, I said, because yours doesn't. <laughs> yeah, your love doesn't win. Yeah, it's easy for our newfound whatever, freedom, knowledge, insight, expansion, enlightenment, whatever word you want to use for it. It's easy for that to become an, in, an obstacle to someone else waking up. How how do you feel when someone keeps trying to get you to see something, read something, listen to something, get something? There is the kind, humble offering to someone, hey, this really helped me. But then there is that insistent, persistent, annoying, irritating, <sighs> pestering, someone, none of us like that. Yeah, there's something about setting people free to let them have their trip. Now, obviously, if there's some issue of public policy or you're part of an institution or organization or a town council, this is just a disclaimer. Uh, uh, Yeah, you do keep arguing for a particular cause or a perspective or a truth, or you keep fighting for the rights or the equality or the needs of some group. Yeah, but we're not talking about that. Here's what we're talking about that space between you and that other person between your heart and theirs is there anybody who just their name causes you attention and anxiety some like why can't they get it so it's time to set them free. Yeah, set them free. Let them have their own trip. A lot of my thinking and a lot of my understanding about this, what was truly revolutionary is when I began to understand that when Jesus talked about pearls before swine, which is sort of a phrase that sort of floats around in our culture, you know, don't put pearls before swine. Um, when I came to see what was actually going on there, uh, kind of changed everything for me. Now, the pearls before swine, for a good first century Jewish rabbi, um, swine, pigs, that's all loaded between he and his tribe and other tribes, so there's a whole bunch of inside baseball going on there, but there's something actually quite clever and brilliant and extremely helpful hiding in that line, don't put your pearls before swine, because the rest of the line is, if you put your pearls before swine, or you throw your pearls before swine, they'll trample them under their feet... See, this is what's fascinating about sort of cliches that knock around in our world, is they often don't have the rest attached to them, and so you miss the power. Don't throw your pearls before swine, or they'll trample them under their feet, and then they'll turn and tear you to pieces. It's It's actually a very violent, destructive image. So a couple basic observations. Pearls are valuable. Yeah. Pearls are very valuable. To this day, pearls are very valuable. Observation number two, not to a pig. A pig cannot digest pearls. A pearl has no nutritional value for a pig. If you throw pearls before a pig, the pig will ask you, what are these smooth rocks you have put in my trough? They hurt my teeth when I bite down on them. Do pigs have teeth, by the way? Yeah, so so to put pearls before swine is to put something of value before something that cannot appreciate it. And when you do this, it will inevitably create resentment towards you and your giving of something valuable. So what Jesus is actually doing is... The earlier section is about shame and judgment, and so he speaks of how we sometimes use shame and judgment to control other people, to get them to behave, to bring them in line. But then, much harder to spot, and and I would argue that creates even more resentment and violence, is is not as much when we use bad things, shame and judgment, to control others— but when good things, things of value, are used to control others. Have you ever had somebody giving you advice? And, you, and, it, and it was weird because they were just trying to give you advice, and yet you found yourself like, God, would you just shut up? I don't need your advice. It somehow worked against their intentions. Or uh, have you ever had somebody give you something for free? Have you ever had a relative give you something for free? and yet you could feel the strings attached. It was a free gift, and yet you knew at some deep intuitive level it wasn't free. And so you said thank you through gritted teeth, but what it actually was producing within you is a a turbulent, convulsive resentment. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Now, if you back way up... In this section. Jesus is talking about don't worry about your life, about how to live without anxiety, about don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll wear. So the whole section, the whole flow is how to live present, how to be a non-anxious presence in the world. And so we begin with our own most basic needs, and then of course it moves from our own interiors to our exteriors to others. And so to live as a non-anxious, centered, grounded presence in the world is to entrust others to divine care and love. And the way that we do that is we cease our efforts to control. And one of the ways we try to deal with our own anxiety, is we place it on others, often through good things. Now, under this is the nature of the will, because as a human being, you have a will, and a will, your will is a precious, vulnerable thing. It's like a a will is both incredibly strong, and it also has like a softness and tenderness to it. Think about how we feel when somebody violates children. Something within us rises up, an impulse to protect, a a declaration of how wrong that is. Or or think about uh, people who exploit those in nursing homes. Or think about the importance of consent in sex. All of this is this deep human awareness of how incredibly important the human will is to protect it from exploitation from being co-opted, from being dominated. Think of all the documentaries that are out on cults, on mind control, on people who found ways to manipulate and coerce others through essentially co-opting their will. And we watch these documentaries with a fascinating... Like, how did this happen? How did this person get this kind of... Because something within us knows how deeply wrong and oppressive and violating this is. Yeah, we have this instinct to protect the vulnerability of the will. Yeah, and so one of the ways we live as a non-anxious presence in the world is we let other people have their trip. Yeah, we're there for them. We walk with them. If we can help, we help. But at some deep level, yeah, we let them have their trip. Is there anybody who has become heavy for you? Or to say it differently, is there anybody who you have become weary? And And it's a weariness because at some level you bought into the illusion that they are your responsibility. You are carrying what isn't yours to carry. So they voted for that person. They responded to the events of the past two years that way. They continue to spout off and send you YouTube videos about that. Um, You don't have to carry that. You don't have to carry that. Yeah, Letting people have their trip sometimes means you establish really strong boundaries. It also means that you step out of territory that isn't yours to stand in, and it never was. They didn't belong to you in the first place. (laughs) I know. I don't think of how much energy gets burned up with this feeling like somehow we're, obviously like with kids there's all sorts of ways in which we are caring and guiding and paying the bills and hey watch out look both ways before you cross the street and yet even kids especially as they get older especially as they launch like rockets you gotta let them have their trip yeah 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 you entrust them. Sometimes you entr- Sometimes all the questions we have about why they're acting the way they're acting, they're acting that way because we keep trying to control them. They're the one who's healthy. <laughs> they're the one who is saying to them, sometimes you don't have the language for it, but they're the one who is saying to us, let me have my trip. I got this. I'm good. I'm good. And let me fall down. Let me skin my knee. Let me lose a little money here. Let me try it. Yeah. Sometimes what people are saying to us is, let me have the thing that you want for yourself. Yeah, let me make my own decisions and find my way. Yeah. Sometimes there's a really subtle thing that happens deep within us where we simply entrust them to a larger relational field. Trust them to the divine. We trust them to the goodness of the universe, however you say it. And your relationship with them might look exactly the same, and yet you experience it profoundly different. Yeah, Yeah. So, sometimes this letting them go, no one knows you did it but you. Yeah. Of course. Oftentimes, we subtly know all this, right? We feel all this. We don't even know what to name it. We just know something shifted. Yeah. There's all these protests, of course, right? The resistance. Well, if I don't keep trying to convince them, rescue them, if I don't help them, then no one will. (laughs) They'll be all alone. They'll be abandoned to a, a, a cruel, cold, dark world. Yeah. Notice how much language. Notice how selfless that sort of thing presents itself like, ah, it's just all about them. I'm just giving to them. I'm just who else will notice how selfless that sounds. And yet it's all about the self. What would they do without me? (laughs) You know, notice the energetic imprint just below the surface on that. But if I don't do everything I've been doing, they'll be, yeah. Notice the energetic imprint under that. You know what that is? Scarcity. that's the energy underlying that. And, and then, obviously, there's a deep fear that animates that. There's just turtles all the way down, scarcity, fear. But yes. It presents itself as selfless. It's all about the self. Yeah. Actually, you may be the last person who could help them. Especially people who you uh, work, are close to, biologically, Uh, maybe you grew up with them, went to the same schools, same friends, they started out together. Yeah, you may be the last person who can help them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You may think, oh, I'm just giving them advice. I'm just sharing what I've learned. Yeah, you you actually, everything about you might activate them. You might just cause their screen to go blank. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you might go all around the world helping people and people you've known your entire life you are utterly helpless. <laughs> and you got to make peace with that. You got to make peace with that. All the fears that they won't be okay. That they might really struggle, they might. They might. Yeah. Let them have their trip. Yeah, you get to have yours. I get to have mine. Yeah. Yeah. It's the struggles that shape us and form us. It's the difficulties and conflicts. That's where we cut. Those are the stories, right? That's where all the good stories are. Yeah. You aren't their only hope. If somebody wants help, awesome. If somebody's asking, hey, could you? Yeah, great. If somebody's like, hey, you said that thing the other day. Really interesting. Can I ask you something? Yeah, Awesome. Yeah, but but sometimes you're stepping into territory that you haven't been invited into. If you think about it like spaces, it can be very helpful. Have I been invited into this space? Yeah. No, I haven't. Oh, okay. Got it. No wonder I'm so tired. No wonder I'm weary. No wonder that person causes me to like tense up. Uh, but they need me to guide them. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, what's interesting, and I swear to you, Every Q&A I have done for years now, somebody asks questions along these lines. I have this fill-in-the-blank person, and I just can't get them. As soon as I hear the word get them to, I just can't get them to understand, see, whatever. <sighs> yeah, you're trying to get them to do something. Yeah, Kristen Bell always says, you cannot take people where they don't want to go. Yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? That's a classic K-Bell. That's a classic... K Bill, hit, isn't it? (laughs) You can't take people where they don't want to go. Oftentimes what I've noticed in the question when someone says, what about the, what about, and then they name their parents, whoever. I'm just, I can't get them to, I often will ask them, how's that working? And the person says something along the lines of, it just gets worse and worse. We can't even be in the same room. Okay, so you're in a loop. So apparently this thing that you're holding on to, this belief, this structure, this whatever, this it's creating a loop that isn't doing anything. So if you keep doing the same thing, wondering why it doesn't change, you know, that's as old as the hills. Yeah. So it might be great. The person might need your help, guidance, all of your great wisdom. Awesome, go. But it also may not be working. They may be, well, they may be turning and tearing you to shreds, yeah, out of a deep resentment, yeah, they, feels to that, whatever it feels like to you, it feels to them like you're trying to control them, yeah, so you let them go, you let them go, sometimes we can't understand what in the world, why is the person saying, why are they sending me these signals, why are they treating me this way, look at this text from them, good God, what is it, here's what it is, they're asking us to let them have their trip. That's what's going on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, notice this as much a feeling and an energy as it is something we can explain rationally. Yeah, we're crowding them. Or once again, spaces. We have stepped into their space and their territory. And what they are saying, kindly or not, because think about your experiences when somebody kept knocking on your door. God, how many times are they going to mention that book? They, God, yeah, it it immediately, it, it produces propulsive, turbulent feelings within you. Yeah, sometimes we're doing that to somebody else. So we back up. We send love. We love from a distance. That's another K-Bell one. That's a good one. You can love someone. Love someone from a distance. Yeah, this person is asking me to love them from a distance. I can do that. Sure, sure yeah. we forgive everybody for everything all the time. It takes a while. We celebrate the movement. We also let everybody have their trip. Yeah. yeah, it'll come it comes to them or it doesn't. Yeah, it takes time or it doesn't. We were given the freedom to follow it ourselves and we get these guides we get these events we get these heartaches we get these teachers yeah we get these truths we get these moments that arrive that give us what we need for the next bit yeah yeah and so we give others the same space yeah That's what we do. We let them have their trip. Is there anybody you just need to turn them loose? You just need to let them... You just need to entrust them. You just need to turn them over. Yeah. Yeah, you need to say they are not my responsibility. You need to make a contract with yourself. I will not try to convince, persuade. I will not email YouTube videos. (laughs) I will, I will, yeah, I will turn them over. I will let them have their ride in their time. Their, whatever it is, apparently it works for them because they are not hungry. They are not curious. They want, they're not picking up anything I'm throwing down. They're not eating anything I'm serving. They're not interested in what I, okay, okay, okay. Let them have their trip. Yeah. Yeah, set them free. And as we know, my friends, you set them free, you're setting yourself free as well. One more thought. There's, there's already plenty of good to get up to. There's already so many interesting things to follow, try, pursue. There's already enough needs we might be able to do something about. Yeah, making things and following things and trying things out and taking what we've been given and passing it around. Yeah, there's already plenty of good to get up to. Give your energies to that. Is there any way in which you have... you are still wondering why they're doing what they're doing, saying what they're saying, responding the way they're saying, and you're giving all kinds of energies to that, wondering, trying to figure it out, analyzing, checking Twitter. Oh, God, stay away. Back away from the car. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, all that energy. Think of all the interesting things that could be poured into. I was talking to someone this week about it. They were talking about criticism, What do you do with criticism? And I said to them, well, I built a converter in my heart. So in that energy, uh, this was years ago when this sort of thing was a bit more prevalent for me. I built a converter, which I use for all kinds of energy. Yeah. You convert that energy. Yeah, it comes to you. Whatever comes to you, push back. Yeah, weird vibes. <laughs> it, it feels like somebody... Yeah, you, you take that. That's energy. You take it. You convert it. You convert it. In, yeah, you take that energy. You convert it into curiosity. You convert it into, let's try this. You convert it into, what if we did it that way? You convert it into doing whatever you're here to do, whatever lights you up, whatever gift you want to give. Yeah, there's already plenty of good to get up to. You are the steward of your energies. Yeah. Yeah, you alone. No one else can do this. People can help. The wisdom of others is incredibly helpful. But, but you're the steward of your energies. So how are you spending these energies? Because spending your energies, is why other people... Are doing what they're doing okay but god when you wake up in the morning there's a lot more interesting ways to spend your energies and a lot of times when people are bound up in the anxiety and the frustration and the irritation with them and they and those people that i come from and that that group that i and those old friends yeah it's it's all a use of energy that doesn't really go anywhere interesting That's why it's so tiring. Yeah. You're the steward of your energies. So uh, what are you going to spend those energies on? You might as well spend them on something brilliant and fascinating and enjoyable and meaningful. might as well. (laughs) Yeah. You might as well. Yeah. Let them have their trip so that you can have yours. Grace and peace. To all of you, my friends.